I'm Ishit Vajrajani. I'm an enterprise strategist with AWS. I'm part of a team of former CIOs, CTOs, and other enterprise executives who have led transformation of their businesses using the AWS cloud. We now work with customers around the world from other large enterprises and help them with strategies to increase agility, create new operating models, and also drive innovation in their business. I'm also very pleased to have uh, David Frazzi uh, join us today. David is the head of corporate research lab digital technology over at 3M. Before this, David was uh, also the CTO for uh, health information system at 3M. And David will be sharing uh, 3M's innovation journey a little bit later in the session today. Now, before I joined AWS uh, earlier this year, I was the global CTO for the media company A&E Networks uh, that owns brands like History Channel. Leading technology uh, in an industry like media that is going through such a rapid change gave me a frontline seat uh, to see disruption and differentiation through innovation. And in some ways, that's not unlike a lot of other industries. We see massive shift happening across different industries. And so in today's session, we are going to take a look at companies across different industries and different sizes and see how they are launching new products, scaling different customer experiences, and reaching new markets using AWS Cloud to differentiate their business using innovation. But first, let's talk about why innovation is important um, and what are some of the constraints, especially in traditional enterprises, that innovation faces. So let's start by setting up some context uh, in terms of what kind of economy we are operating in today. So one thing that we all can feel is that the pace of disruptive innovation is increasing. But there is actually data that backs that. And so in a true Vegas style, I want you guys to think of two numbers. Place a bet first. Uh, think of two numbers. What do you think was the average lifespan of S&P 500 company in 1964? And what do you think it is projected to be by 2027? Ready? Well, if you thought 33 for 1964 and projected to be only 12 by 2027, you'll be right. What this tells us is that leading companies are retaining their leadership position for a much shorter period of time than they used to be. And that is because technology is advancing at a rapid pace and consumer behavior is changing as well. But then there are companies who are taking advantage of the exact same technological shift and by focusing on their customers, they are constantly innovating and in that process, redefining the industries that they operate in. And I use the word redefine very deliberately here. Right? Think about some of these examples. Think of Airbnb. It started out as a website called airbedandbreakfast.com, where founders literally started by renting air mattresses to people who were going to conferences but couldn't find hotel accommodations. Today, Airbnb has completely redefined the hotel industry. 
Or remember the time where uh, all of us would rush to the nearest physical store, especially on a Friday or Saturday night, so that we can beat our neighbors to rent latest movies and DVDs. Netflix today has redefined the media and entertainment industry to be mostly about on-demand digital delivery of the content. So in each of these cases, leading companies found ways to differentiate their business and innovate. But then we also have companies that are born in the cloud. Because cloud allows you to take an idea, make it into a product, and reach a market and a customer segment very quickly. And so you can actually, if you have a great idea, you can launch a product and reach a market segment rapidly and enter a new industry or define or create a new industry. Pinterest is a wonderful example. Those who are not familiar, Pinterest is a visual bookmarking app <clears throat> that allows you to discover ideas. So if you're like me, uh, if you have a home remodeling project, that's probably the first place uh, that you go to today to find ideas. Now, Pinterest started out on AWS. Not only that, but they were also able to scale to over 200 million users with over 2 billion boards around the world, increasing the size of their compute and storage three times in under two years without ever having to worry about reliability and scalability. And so we're living through a fascinating time. Consumer loyalties can sometimes shift in a time that it takes to read a tweet. And so innovation in this kind of time is not only important for survival, it's also crucial for growth. And so if we all want to innovate, why is it so hard in traditional enterprises? Because there are a lot of constraints. Constraints of huge amount of technical debt that has been accumulated over a period of time, outdated operating models, and investment strategies that are somehow sometimes long drawn out that prevent us from creating a flywheel of innovation. So the challenge that we face is to convert these constraints into possibilities that can drive innovation. Now we use a frequency-based mental model uh, to think about this at AWS. So on one end of the spectrum, uh, you have companies uh, that consider their businesses to be uh, in a stable state, right, where change happens infrequently. It happens in large chunk, uh, brings a lot of uncertainty and risk with it. On the other end of the spectrum, you have companies that deliver business value frequently in smaller increments and reduce the risk. Now, innovation becomes difficult in a low-frequency environment. And so let's take a look at why it is hard to innovate in a low-frequency environment. So companies often focus on big ideas to launch new product, reshape customer experience, enter a new market, and focusing on big ideas is fantastic. It's great. The challenge is that often these big ideas are then matched with big execution. A ginormous project, sometimes 12, 18, 24, even 36 month timeline. And when companies embark on these big projects, 
what happens is that a lot of time is spent upfront in pre-planning. Sometimes even more than a quarter of time is spent on a project in just planning, writing down the requirements, anticipating what is going to happen, again, 18, 24, 36 months down the line, and then documenting that. Before I became the CTO, I started my new job uh, as the head of application product and data analytics. And in the first month, uh, I was asked to review and sign off on a project to rewrite our content sales system. And I was handed over a 3,000-page requirement document that the team had spent previous 18 months writing. Now think about that. 18 months is such a long time that the whole content sales business model changed during that time. So a lot of these requirements become outdated the moment they are returned. The next thing that happens on a project like this is that now everyone knows that this is a big priority. This is a big bet initiative that we have embarked on. So anyone who wants to get anything done, they know that they have to hitch their wagon to this horse. Right? So more and more requirements get added to this project. The project was already big to start with. Now sometimes even unrelated requirements get added to this project, ballooning the scope even further. The third thing that happens is that risk is generally pushed down the line. Projects are generally always green in uh, analysis and planning phase, right? Risk is discovered much later in the game. Has anyone here been part of project that started as a red in analysis and planning, right? And the risk, when risk is discovered much later in the game, the blast radius of that risk is bigger. The impact is severe, and it takes that much more time and cost to fix that. Because it is such a large project, there are constant slippages. Fred Brooks famously said, how do project gets delayed by over a year? The answer is one day at a time. Right? And so because there are these constant slippages, to counter that, manual processes are added throughout. And then, perhaps the most damaging part of the project, where the superheroes in ITs IT actually work very hard, uh, long weekend, long night, ton of Red Bull is consumed to hit those go live date. And more rush decisions are made during this process. So innovation becomes hard in an environment like that because you are placing some really big bets on some really big projects where you don't know if value is going to be realized early on. Innovation requires companies to operate at a high frequency rate of change. And there are several ways that AWS is enabling companies to operate at high frequency rate and innovate to differentiate their business. First is by allowing rapid experimentation, testing out a lot of new ideas. Second, by making advanced capabilities available to every builder. Third, is by allowing you to focus on what matters the most, which is your customer, and freeing up resources from the undifferentiated heavy lifting of operating and managing infrastructure. And then the fourth, when you have the winning idea, 
how, to, how do you go to market very quickly with this winning idea? And then reach new customers and market segment. So we are now going to take a look at each one of these four as to how AWS enables changing constraints into possibilities, and then take example of companies that are applying them to differentiate their business through innovation. So let's talk about experimentation first. Our CEO, Andy Jassy, talks about the fact that invention requires two things. One is an ability to run a lot of experiment. Right? You need a big enough idea funnel. You have to try and test out a lot of different ideas. And it is not an experiment if you already know in advance that it's going to work. Right? That means you also need an ability to contain the collateral damage of a failed experiment so that your ability to continue to put more experiment through the process is not diminished. So there are several constraints that enterprises face to experimentation. And we'll look at how AWS helps them change to possibilities and then look at examples of companies doing that. One major constraint is that there is a lot of upfront investment required to test out new idea. And innovative ideas, a lot of time, they're unproven concept. You don't know if it is going to work out or not. And so it becomes harder to commit upfront investment for an unproven concept. With AWS, builders can pay as you consume for services, reducing the cost of experimentation that allows you to run more experiments. The second major challenge to experimentation is that a lot of time upfront is spent in building infrastructure. So before you even start writing prototype, creating prototypes, running some pilots, seeking customer feedback, you spend a lot of time setting up infrastructure. AWS allows you to quickly spin up resources or use cloud native services, increasing agility to experiment further. And then the third constraint, because you have spent so much investment upfront and so much time and cycles to build infrastructure, if an idea fails, it can be very expensive. And that limits your ability to run many experiments in parallel. With AWS, you can shut down the resources if an experiment does not work, or pivot, try something different, giving you more flexibility to try out different things. Let's take an example. So Ajero provides white-label driver assistance services to finance, automotive, and insurance companies. So if you have a vehicle breakdown or a crash, and when you call the roadside assistance, over two-thirds of all new vehicles are covered by services powered by Ajero. Now, having a crash or a you know, disabled vehicle can be a very stressful experience. So reducing and knocking off even few minutes from the emergency response can make a big difference. And so Ajero had this idea that they wanted to build a crash prediction model so that they can reduce the emergency response time. But they wanted to gamify the collection of data by giving drivers a mobile app called MyLove, 
to build this crash prediction model. Now, this was an unproven concept, right? So instead of spending a lot of money and time in building and setting up infrastructure, they use serverless architecture on AWS to build this MyLab app and go to production in eight weeks from idea to production. It's an unproven concept. Let's build it very quickly and put it in the front of customers and start getting some feedback. Now, that's only part of the story. What happened next was they got tremendous response, much more than the initial 40,000 that they had anticipated. So they were also able to scale using the exact same serverless architecture without having to go back to the drawing board to process over 22,000 concurrent requests and petabytes of traffic data coming in from this app. So it's a wonderful example of taking an innovative idea, very quickly using cloud to experiment, putting it in front of the customer, get the feedback, and then scaling the idea when it works. The second way that AWS enables innovation is by making advanced capabilities available to every builder. Now, one of the challenges has been builders are generally constrained by a set of tools that have gone through long procurement cycle, installation, uh, and innovation does not work like that. Innovation requires flexibility of choice for builder. With AWS, builders can find the right tool for the right job from the broadest and deepest set of capabilities that are available. So they are not limited to experiment and try and get access to advanced capabilities. The second key aspect is uh, AI and machine learning. Now, these capabilities were only available to maybe few large enterprises and some large tech companies. With over 200 machine learning features released last year alone, the mission at AWS is to put machine learning in the hands of every builder. The third important aspect is data. Data plays a huge role in driving innovation, creating new customer experience, knowing deeply about what your customers are caring for. But it can be difficult to store, process, and analyze massive amount of data that is being generated and companies now have access to. With AWS's purpose-built databases, as well as analytic services, you now don't have to make that trade-off. And you can derive insight from all of your data. And this is enabled through the broadest and deepest set of services, from Internet of Things to artificial intelligence to machine learning to purpose-built databases, security, blockchain. Generally, these services are available uh, in a pay-as-you-consume model via API. Let's talk about AI. So IDC estimates that over 40% of all digital transformation initiative this year will be powered by AI. And we are already seeing AI making a big difference when it comes to customer experience through conversational interfaces, better personalization and recommendation, in supply chain, we are seeing better demand planning and forecasting models that are improving business operation. In healthcare, we are seeing a shift 
from reactive to predictive care with better drug discovery and diagnosis. And so AI will be a crucial part of any company's innovation journey. And that is why we look at AI as this broadest and deepest set of capabilities in machine learning. And we think about this not only around having the right tool for right use cases, we also think about having right tool for all skill level. So we like to look at this in three layers. Now there were a few new exciting services and products announced yesterday um, that are still not reflected on this slide. But if you look at, start at the bottom layer, that's machine learning framework and infrastructure. So these are for advanced machine learning practitioners who are comfortable operating and dealing at that framework and infrastructure layer. If you move up one layer, then you have uh, Amazon SageMaker, which is managed machine learning service. For everyday developer and data scientist, without having to worry about the underlying framework or infrastructure, it allows them to build, tune, train, and deploy the models very quickly. And then the top of the stack are AI services. From vision, where there is Amazon recognition, which allows you to identify objects, text, logos, people. You have Lex, which allows you to build conversational interfaces, chatbots. You have Textract, which allows you to extract meaningful uh, metadata uh, from the text and documents. And so there are a number of services here that do not require, at this layer, any prior AI or machine learning skill. Any developer can start using them to build innovative product and solution using these services. And that is reflected by tens of thousands of customers running machine learning on AWS. Let's take a couple of examples. So Ryanair is Europe's largest airline group. Some of you probably uh, flew Ryanair to get to Vegas. They sell over 150 million users, uh, customers every year. They're using Amazon Lex and SageMaker to personalize customer experience through my Ryanair portal by being conversational interface. They're using Alexa for flight booking, inquiry, frequently asked questions, really taking the friction out of customer interaction. Ryanair also partnered with Amazon Machine Learning Solutions Lab, where they build models that can predict surge in flight route demand, so they can anticipate changes and proactively take action, making flying a much better experience. And so it's a great example of truly reshaping customer experience using advanced capabilities that earlier were not available. The second example is GE Healthcare. GE Healthcare is building GE Health Cloud on AWS, where they're connecting a number of medical devices to the cloud, starting with over half a million imaging devices. Now the survey data from GE Healthcare indicate that over 35% of patient cases are misdiagnosed. Think about that number, 35%. That is, and that is largely because of lack of access to images and record data. They also estimate that there is over $30 billion in saving 
in healthcare system by simply enabling better interoperability of systems. And so with G Health Cloud, what G Healthcare is doing is they are providing a portal for innovation for radiologists and other healthcare professionals where they can now share and collaborate on images and actually help patients with better diagnosis. They're also using machine learning models to improve diagnosis using, using these images that they have now. The third way that AWS helps drive innovation is by allowing you to focus on what matters the most, which is your customer. When we talk to enterprise leaders, we often hear that teams spend a lot of time in running, operating infrastructure, and we simply don't have enough bandwidth to invest into new product ideas and innovation. The second thing that we often hear is that majority of the time is spent in keeping the lights on. And that's largely because of huge amount of technical debt, band-aids, and patch-up that enterprises have inherited and built over a period of time. AWS allows you to modernize very quickly and also free up resources. And these are some of the highly skilled resources that we have. From the undifferentiated work of managing and operating that infrastructure to really help create better products and customer experiences. The third major constraint is that the traditional business model is very capital intensive to just run the business, right? And that means there is not enough capital available to invest in growth ideas. Because you buy infrastructure upfront, you spend a lot of time in just simply running the business. AWS allows you to trade this upfront capital expense for a low variable expense. That means freeing up capital to be invested in growth ideas. And there are companies that are taking advantage of this to create better customer experience. Royal Wedding Coverage from Sky is a great example of this. So Sky wanted to create a really better viewership and engagement experience for their audiences for their Royal Wedding Coverage. And so they used Amazon Recognition, which allowed them to identify guests and celebrities as they were coming for the wedding. And then they built this live streaming experience called Who's Who Live, which provided that information back to the viewer, creating a much better experience for the audiences. Let's see how, uh, how that uh, works in action. That's Idris Alba arriving. You can see it detects that. It's Earl Spencer and Countess Spencer. So as guests are arriving, viewers get a real-time insight into who that celebrity is. If you miss an arrival, you can actually scroll, go back, and watch that again, really creating a much better experience for the customer. And this, is, this was done in three months, right? So they used a number of advanced services, but they, they were able to deliver this experience in three months. So they had a broadcast van parked outside St. George's chap uh, Chapel in Windsor Castle, and they took the feed from there, sent it to AWS Elemental Media Live Appliances located nearby, and then they used cloud-based workflows to bring this experience for the customers. The second example is Netflix. 
Now, Netflix provide, com provides compelling content to over 190 countries. They use AWS for pretty much all of their infrastructure, databases, compute, storage, analytics, video transcoding needs, so that their teams can focus on doing what they do the best, which is create amazing product and compelling content that we all love binging. And so that's a great example of taking your resources and really focusing on your core product. The fourth way that AWS helps differentiate businesses through innovation is by allowing you to take that idea and then quickly scale it. So one challenge we often see is you will have an idea, you will run a pilot, seek customer feedback, uh, and it'll, it'll be great. But then it just takes too long to go from idea to market. With AWS, you can reduce time to market that allows your idea to go to market very quickly, like we saw in case of Ajero. Right? They built something in eight weeks, they got customer feedback, and then they were able to scale it. The second challenge is that if you have a product that works in a geography or a market, now if you want to expand and reach new market segment or, or region, you have to physically set up infrastructure and scale it. With 22 regions and 69 availability zone, AWS allows you to reach new customer segments and market segments that were initially not available. The third is if you have a great mobile app or a video game or a streaming app, the customer experience can really suffer if you don't have enough scaling behind that. AWS enables massive scaling so you never have to worry about your customer experience not being top-notch. And this is enabled by the global platform of 22 regions and 69 availability zones around the world. Each of our regions have multiple availability zones. On top of that, there are also 210 cloud front point of presence in 78 different cities in 37 different countries. And all of this is connected by a low latency, purpose-built network that can ensure that you can reach your products, can reach customers wherever they are. Let's look at how companies are using this to innovate and reach new customers and market segment. McDonald's, everyone familiar with McDonald's? Uh, they are the largest restaurant chain, 37,000 location. Uh, they serve over 64 million customers every day. Now McDonald's want, had an idea where they wanted to bring, uh, build a mobile home delivery platform so that uh, we all can order the Big Mac and fries that we love through mobile app and then get them delivered to our home. So they wanted to use um, local uh, locations to be able to use services like Uber Eats to deliver these orders. They used microservices on Amazon Elastic Container Services, so microservices-based architecture using Elastic Container Services, and they were able to create this delivery platform in four months. And it's at a massive scale. They can process over 20,000 orders every second 
with less than 100 millisecond uh, latency. And think about it, this is not also about just the scale. It's also a very cost sensitive business, right? Because their average order size is uh, maybe two to five dollar, because they're selling hamburgers. And so not only that you have to create this experience and scale it, you had to do it in a very cost efficient manner. This platform has now crossed over a billion dollar in revenue across 23 different markets since launch. For the gamers in the house, the next example is Fortnite. I'm sure uh, if you love Fortnite, you probably missed a heartbeat when the island disappeared uh, in the black hole for a while. Now, Fortnite is a game that is loved by over 125 million gamers around the world. And the way the game works is it's free to play. That means revenue comes from microtransactions that happen inside the game. And so the engagement of the customer and gamers is very important. So Epic Games, uh, who creators of uh, Fortnite, they have built a data lake on Amazon S3 with over 14 petabytes of data. And they use this data to analyze gamer satisfaction, behavior, what's working, what's not working, what kind of weapons should we introduce or discontinue. And they provide a constant feedback loop to their gaming designers so they can create experiences and keep the whole gaming experience very fresh for their gamers, really increasing engagement in the game. Another very innovative company is 3M. They have a history of innovation from uh, sandpaper to masking tape to advanced parts that go into the devices that we all use. Uh, and so I would like to invite David to share uh, how 3M is applying some of these principles to drive innovation in their business. Thank you, Richard. Well, first, thanks uh, AWS for inviting us to speak here at, uh, at reInvent. This is a great opportunity to share some of our experiences, and, and we really line up well with the theme that, uh, that we just heard about, about speed of innovation. Um, I took this right from our strategic plan. Our job in, in our engineering organization, science organization, is to create uh, sustainable products for customers. So we don't serve the enterprise, we're supposed to serve the customer. Somebody who wants to buy our product, give us money because it makes them better in their company or in their home. And our, our group is responsible for the technology you see on the left as part of what traditionally is a heavily or manufacturing-oriented product delivery company. Post-it notes, scotch tape, films, things like that. Not very digital, but we all see it coming. And so our job is to invest in these areas of research on the left, many of which we've talked about since we got here on Monday. And we've created these strategies within there about IoT and AI, cloud and data, and at the bottom of that list, materials research. So we'll win if our materials are better than someone else. That's about the only way today that we win. Our tape is better, our sandpaper is better, but we've got to add more value than that to be sustainably competitive. So we, we are aspiring to, and I, I go back to what Andy said, is set your targets high. We aspire to improve the productivity of our engineers by 10x, not 50%, not 10% by 10x. 
And we think we can do that. We really do because it takes us way too long to develop new materials, way too long. If it takes three years, can't we do that in three months? We think we can. And a lot of the technologies that, that are available to us that we see from AWS help us with that. So here's an example of what I mean. So um, it may be hard to read that slide, and it's probably intentionally hard, but we're doing some pilots in our manufacturing lines to use high-speed video to examine, I'll call it tape, as it flies across the, the machine and look for defects. Because if you can't find the defect early, you wind it up in a big roll, and there's tens of thousands of dollars of waste because no one wants a terrible piece of scotch tape to come off at the end. So what, the way we innovate at 3M today is we build pilot manufacturing lines because we can't take down the big line and try this new adhesive for this special tape for Christmas. We have to build small ones and experiment. And so what we've done is we've created a model at the company to have a pilot line for data science. And it's based on the technologies we've been talking about the last couple of days. So we have an R&D workbench, so you bring your data, and someone else has built the infrastructure in collaboration with AWS we have, so that a data scientist or a developer can come to the workbench and have all the infrastructure built so they can run their experiment just like a manufacturing pilot line and see if they get something of value in the end. So this is one way that we see as we look at this high-speed video data using computer vision and some AI technologies, can we invent this new way to detect these flaws in our materials early? Can we run that on the pilot line virtually and then run it on the pilot line for real, and then run it on the real line and save the company a lot of money and give you a better product. So that's the goal, to give you some context of what we're talking about in the space of why 3M is so interested in these kinds of technologies. So let me switch gears just a little bit, and maybe tie in with the theme you heard earlier about speed. So one of the things we've done in the last couple of years is we've gone very agile. So you see the lanes uh, at the bottom about IoT and AI and visualization using AR and VR, and of course data. And we focus on these areas, and all those diagrams at the bottom are the scrum teams that are dedicated to projects in that space. So you see, I don't know, 20 scrum teams that are dedicated to these initiatives with weekly sprints, prioritized backlogs, pretty good meta scrums, pretty good uh, uh, collaboration amongst our partners in the divisions that, that do the operating units to deliver products with the IT organizations and so on. And so we've gotten pretty good at this thing called Agile and a bit of rhythm and speed, um, but to what end? Here's two key projects that are of great importance to the company, materials research. Like 25 people there on that one, four teams. Uh, they are cross-functional teams working on material science, data science, software, and process analytics and trying to figure out how we can do materials research differently. We're super excited about our industrial IoT work with AWS. We've got four people on a scrum team from AWS uh, that actually does the front-end work of additive manufacturing. So we've sensorized a bunch of our steps to create additive manufacturing using AWS services and really made that a a good example of a pilot that we can deploy it either to our own factories or perhaps even to another customer's. And so the idea is we've got great technologies combined with a, a way of working that gets these technologies, you know, essentially at a higher frequency to places where it matters. 
And so we've got these two things coming, great technologies, access to a tremendous amount of technology and resources, and we're kind of getting good at this agile thing. So let's bring this together in a big way. So this is, the, this is why I was asked to talk here, is we had a hackathon this summer in St. Paul. The tall guy there is the CTO of the company, surrounded by our AWS friends and a couple of champions at the hackathon. And you saw the theme, the curiosity code, satisfying our curiosity in like digital stuff like AI and IoT. So at 3M, we had never done a hackathon, a real hackathon. We might have gotten a few people together and pretended that we were gonna compete with each other, but we really hadn't done one. So this is our first one. So we had set it up in three lanes, thought we'd be very proactive in thinking about how we could make the best use of our, our time, talent, and money. So one lane was called a learning hack. So many people at 3M are a little nervous, perhaps even scared about things like AI and machine learning. So we said, we'll have a learning hack lane for machine learning, a learning hack lane for IoT, this Internet of Things thing. I'm not sure how 3M makes money in this, so we thought we'd kind of build some base knowledge around what IoT means to the company and the business. Um, and then we had a, two other lanes, project hacks, classic, bring my project in, get some experts together, work day and night, drink a lot of coffee, that kind of thing. And then third hack was a customer hack, because what better way to get what the customer wants than to sit down and actually sit side by side and work with them. So those were the three lanes. Had it all set up, we did some reasonably good planning. We had anticipated about I'll say maybe 200, 250 people to be in the learning hacks, maybe 10 projects, and we had a good customer hack, which I can't talk about uh, in this room, but it was, it was pretty outstanding the way we hacked a, a vehicle and put it back together before we returned it to the rental shop. So this was really cool. So this is downtown St. Paul. Um, we were so excited to see our logo on the, on the marquee here because right after this appeared, after I took this photo, then it was New Kids on the Block appearing on June 13th. So we're right up there with New Kids on the Block, so we were excited. Um, it didn't take much effort for our friends in our other parts of the world at 3M to be pretty excited about doing this as well. We've got research locations. The primary ones in St. Paul where there's thousands of us, but out in, uh, in Europe we have two locations, Japan and then uh, Shanghai. And they wanted part of the action as well. So of course they jumped in and you see a couple shots of, of them. Uh, the Japan team actually built a very cool Alexa uh, app hack uh, that was exciting for them because it was their first chance to dig in and understand more about the AWS platform. That was very exciting. Uh, you see the prize winners in Europe. Uh, those are 3D printed trophies. Uh, so they, as part of their hack, they actually 3D printed the trophies. And our friends in China did some work with the, an IoT system. So remember I said we were hoping for 10 projects. Got 72 or 73 projects. Uh, it was pretty amazing because uh, there, there evidently is a great deal of interest in trying to go faster and build stuff together. So we ended up with 600 people. Uh, these 70 projects, probably 60 or so were in the St. Paul. We had the big uh, auditorium. Um, terrific time Monday morning through Wednesday evening, competition at the end. And I was, um, as you know, doing things like this, kicking it off, making sure the food was there, the coffee was there, happy hour was on time, things like that. And actually watching a hackathon is quite boring. 
you stand up here and, and you see you know, dozens and dozens of tables all spread out and, and people running to, to ask somebody else for questions. Our friends from AWS would come over and see us. And, um, but what's happening is people are just working. They're just sitting down writing software and testing their assumptions by building something. And, and it feels so right when you come to AWS and they talk about this is for builders. So our hackathon kind of, I'd like to say we planned it this way, but more, more it turned out this way, was a great representation of what builders do if you give them tools to build together. So building together. So we have great support, again, talking about what Andy started his keynote with yesterday, from our senior management, this is the way we need to build in the future. The long cycles, the two-year project with the you know, big execution and the big bet that obviously often never works out uh, is to be corrected and moved into a scenario like this. All good hackathons, of course, um, these 70 projects are competing. So this is a, this few snapshots of the judges. Um, so we brought in some of our executives from both the business and technical side to judge to see who uh, essentially won the prizes. Um, these folks, again, got pretty enthusiastic because they, we said, <clears throat> would you like to, <clears throat> excuse me, would you like to come and judge things from the hackathon? It's like, oh, I'm kind of busy and so on and so forth. And of course, when they come, it's like, holy shit, 70 projects. Look at all this stuff. This is one week? This is what you did? These, these were quotes that we heard from the judges. Incredible amount of trans, I'd say, transformation happened just by the virtue of us getting together to do what we like to do the most anyway. So um, I'll just give you a little bit of uh, insight into how things went during the hack. This is a video. Do I play this or do you play this? working on their uh, deep racer models, so reinforcement learning models. Um, they could have come in with a lot of experience, or they could have come li literally with no coding, no cloud services experience whatsoever. We bring in our um, prototyping team, so these are guys that are experts in computer science, software engineers, etc., and they teach the team. They teach the team how to do the coding and how to prepare their models. Then we put their models into the race car and then they get to actually race it. So what you see here is a competition and then we have prizes for the winners. Let's start to bring this energy and this attitude and this, and this speed. You know, So now in just a few days, we're, we're bringing prototypes and concepts that would that theoretically we can go talk to our customers with and try to understand if, if they think that's a value to them. And then that can then spawn new NPI programs and everything else. The expectations for this year were really just about getting started, getting the word out um, you know, broadly across the company. And from all indications, we did pretty well. I think we've, you know, around the world, we've got over 500 people hacking together during this time frame. 
all again focused on building new capabilities for our customers, which is pretty exciting. So here's a, uh, a look at those award winners, a little uh, snapshot of them. Um, great fun. Uh, of course, the, uh, the interesting stuff here is we had, we had a broad array of, you know, who moved the most, essentially most, the most level up, meaning who went the farthest, went from I don't know anything to I really did great work. Um, Internet of Wounds, uh, very compelling for our CTO. He's like, what is that? Because we have a big business in wound care, but it's essentially a, uh, think of it as a classic uh, product business. So what's an Internet of Wounds? So how do you, how do you analyze and, and sense wounds? So in three days, they essentially created a wound sensor uh, prototype that is actually very compelling using both IoT kind of concepts as well as uh, machine learning. Um, winder safety, we talk about these, these high-speed rolls of tape that fly through at tens of miles, per, tens of feet per second. Per second. Um, sticking your finger in there at the wrong time is a bad idea. So they've actually used a high-speed video camera and in three days could tell the difference between a, what should be able to go in a winder and what should not. So if you put your finger in there, it would shut down. Very cool, very compelling stuff. So bring it all together. So you saw these things on the left about the way AWS thinks about a productivity model. Um, rapid experimentation and focus on what matters to the customer. You hear every time you go to an AWS meeting about the customer, people like us, and we deliver services to customers. So we want to be that way as well. We're not serving our employees. We're serving customers who will pay us money for our products and services. So we've converged as a team on a model to the right at 3M. This is with the cloud. Uh, we've been working in the cloud at 3M for probably 10 years, um, mostly in the experimental research mode, but now it's going broad. That enables us to do things with Scrum in a very predictable way, as I talked about early in the talk. And now we, we can infuse talent in at a speed of, we do stuff once a week almost by habit, and now we do hacks. We do big hacks, and so if you do hacks well, leverage the cloud, more services, better Scrum, global, more talent, you can see how this is a fast forward flywheel to enable us to go faster and improve our products uh, and make hack part of what we do every day, not just uh, once a year at the big venue in downtown. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it very much. Thank you, Thank you David. Uh, that, was, that was awesome. And I think as David and I were sort of talking about this talk, uh, one, of the, one of the things that stuck with me was this wasn't a one-time thing, right? It is really around changing the way 
that we innovate, which is applying experimentation, uh, advanced use of technology, getting customer feedback early, and really creating that flywheel of innovation. And, and so that's a great example for 3M. I want to share one last example that kind of brings it together, but it's also for a wonderful cause. So a couple of years back, UNICEF had this idea that they wanted to recreate John Lennon's famous Imagine song. But they wanted to have people lend their voices to create, recreating this song. And so they created a purpose-built app using AWS, and they asked people from around the world to lend their voices to this song. They received entries from over 140 different countries. They received entries even from Antarctica, an international space station. So talk about the scale and the reach. Uh, and they also had their global influencers and ambassadors record and help record the song. Uh, it's a beautiful song. Uh, we don't have enough time to play it, but please, uh, after the session, if you get a chance, go and check it out. Uh, it's an amazing rendition of the song with a diverse set of people around the world coming together. Uh, so it's not just about ideas that change the business. It can also be for good. With that, so we've talked about several ways that AWS can enable companies differentiate, and we looked at examples across different industries as to how companies are running more tests, experimenting quickly, making use of advanced technologies like AI and machine learning, focusing on their customer and freeing up their highly skilled resources to focus on innovation, and then fourth, when you have the winning idea, how can you scale and reach market and customers around the world rapidly as well? And you're not alone. Uh, AWS customer enablement through professional services is here to help you augment uh, your skills through training and certification. Uh, AWS managed service can operate the AWS infrastructure on your behalf. And then there is AWS IQ, which was uh, recently launched, which allows you access to third-party certified AWS experts. So there are a number of ways, uh, if you need help, uh, it is available from AWS. With that, I want to thank you all uh, for your time today, and I hope you have a fantastic uh, rest of the reInvent. Thank you. Thank you.